Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the angel on one of my shoulders just keeps telling me that basically since uh, we had our second child and we more or less shut down regular recording of Walks Will Haunt because I was just too busy and or tired to begin to start hosting and editing and doing all this stuff. Um, the Cincinnati Reds have played the best baseball they've played in, what, 60, 70 years? Uh, the biggest win streak they've had since the 1950s, I believe, when they called themselves the Red Legs and not the Reds. Um but then there's that little demon on my other shoulder that says, good Lord, we've been waiting for this kind of success out of the Cincinnati Reds for so damn long. I'm not about to skip the opportunity to shut up about it. Um, and on top of that, they're doing it in so many different ways. There's not even one narrative to talk about. There are about 35 different angles of fun, success-rated stories to talk about when it comes to the Reds right now. And it's um, re- refreshing as putting it mildly, given what we've been through following this team for as long as we followed them. Um, exhilarating is probably getting closer to the word I'm looking for right now because they're doing it um, with a brand of offense that's that's balanced. Uh, it's not necessarily home run driven. It's not dependent on one or two people. They're running the bases. They're being aggressive. Um, they're platooning and getting guys off the bench, contributing in ways as if they were starters that day. Uh, they're coming from behind left and right. <clears throat> the bullpen has been nails despite the fact that all the peripherals I look at suggest there's no nails that should be at all within uh, discussion when it comes to them. The starting pitching has just been duct taped together and thrown out there or found in double A and brought immediately up. And they're getting the job done too. It's pretty much been a front door to back door um, success story over the last couple of weeks. And it has the Reds, not just in first place, but in first place towards the end of June, with a big slate of games coming up that are really going to help define whether or not the surprise start can turn into a surprise season on the whole. So I'm Wick. This is Walks Will Hunt. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, BK and Arf are with me once again, and we are going to talk uh, ecstatically about what the Cincinnati Reds have been able to pull off in all of this. And um, Arf, I guess we'll start with you, man. Um, what's the biggest thing that's jumped out at you? about what the Reds have been able to pull off over this particular 11-game win streak. But beyond just that, over the last three-ish weeks since they started calling up Ellie De La Cruz, the four or five weeks since they started calling up Matt McClain, what's what's the biggest takeaway for what you think why this Reds club is doing what they're doing uh, with such a success rate? Yeah, um, 
I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed it it hasn't been like one guy just carrying it. You know, it's um, it's it's been con- contributions from different people every night, and it's usually two or three people, and then the next night it's two or three other guys that are going to step up. And I think that's, what's been so much fun. Um, and I think what, uh, you know, what Joey Votto was talking about after the game the other night, um, how just like these guys just don't care. Like they're just going to go out there and play and they expect to win. Like they, it doesn't matter to them that they're a bunch of rookies or young guys or guys like Will Benson who have been sent down and, you know, and traded and kind of just, been all over the place um you know they're they just go out and they want to compete and they want to win and they expect it and so i think that's what's been that's kind of stood out the most yeah i mean tj Friedel got hurt came back carried the team for a couple games jake fraley got hurt came back carried the team for a couple games will benson got sit down came back and has been a rock star ever since then it's like everybody who you thought could miss a beat hasn't missed a beat and that even brings us to Joey Votto, who obviously made his triumphant return earlier this week um, in a game then that provided the kind of environment in Great American Ballpark that um, I think many of us have dreamed we would see every game when he was on his you know his absolute best. Um, BK, what what has stood out to you about how this Reds team has literally just been able to weather every storm, take every punch, and then finally put the game in kind of their mode and dominate to win games? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Arf hit the nail on the head, um, you know, with just kind of getting contributions from everywhere. You know, even, you know, I I, I know we're going to be focusing a lot more on the offense just because they've been, um, you know, really the stars of the show. But, you know, even the bullpen, you know, when somebody like, you know, I know Alexis Diaz has been really just kind of burnt out at this point, just – just overworked and guys are guys are stepping up guys are getting big strikeouts um you know out of the pen got the starting pitching is has not been great but it's been good enough and it's keeping him in ball games and that's kind of really all you can ask for at this point given how great the offense has been but you know, i think the the point that that arf made you know and that's not even to talk about guys like you know tj friedel and Spencer Steer just continuing to just, you know, just be solid. And I I feel like that's something where when it comes to guys who come up, especially guys who come up and have success, it seems pretty rare to me that they can sustain it throughout a whole year or across multiple seasons. But, you know, these guys aren't missing a beat and they're, you know, Obviously, we've seen the the good vibes, and we've seen them kind of playing for each other and all that, all that stuff. But even even guys, you know, you said you talked about Will Benson and Nick Senzel, guys like guys who have had up and down seasons to this point, are also big contributors at this point. Um, it's you know, it's really really fun to to be a part of at this point. So let's just you know, I don't want to shift gears too much, but it's kind of a parallel thought that just popped in my head. Um, Ricky Karcher, um, Levi Stout, Eduardo Salazar, Casey Legumina, Andrew Abbott, Brandon Williamson, um, Spencer Steer, Matt McLean, Ellie De La Cruz, uh, TJ Hopkins, and then let's jump just a little bit over the guys who exceeded their rookie limits last year by a fraction like Will Benson 
and TJ Friedel. We are talking about a team that has basically no experience, like none. I mean, Ben Lively spent, what, three years, four years in, in pitching in, in South Korea, and he's the veteran arm that you're leaning on as if he's been around big league baseball for a decade at this point uh, without the gap. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, at what point do we start talking about the job David Bell's done? You know, I mean, like he's managing a team of mishmashed rookies and journeymen and no Joey Votto for the first 73 games. Like for all the, the, the shit that he took over the last couple of years of the Reds being awful and playing with subpar players, um, at what point do we have to look back and say, oh, let's see there. He's, he's piecing together a bullpen with guys who are minor league free agents, rookies, and have been designated for assignment. And he's having to play 13 different guys every single night because he's been given a roster that has to platoon mid-game. Um, and it's all working fantastically. Uh, the manager deserves a shitload of credit for that, doesn't he, BK? Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's, you know, when you, especially when you look at the roster he was given and just kind of the uh, inexperience and where he's got these guys um, and just the vibes for lack of a better word of, you know, just how positive energy uh, is going in the clubhouse. And, you know, I, I think that if he doesn't get manager of the year votes, I think there's something wrong with, with baseball. Um, so, but, so you our, know, yeah. Our, our, the other question is though, how much of this is actually Kevin Newman just being the grittiest player who's ever played and then propelling a, a locker room in a way that, that Kyle Farmer cannot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think grit grit's good for you know probably four or five wins of this win streak, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's crazy. I I wish I could find it, but someone on Twitter the other night, um, I think it was on Tuesday, was talking about how like for that win, like David Bell just nailed every platoon, every, every position, move. like every, every substitution, move, yeah. like work to a T and it's been happening all season. Like, it's like, he know, he just has a feel for these guys and like, all right, you know, we're just going to back Kevin Newman against lefties and he's going to kill the ball. And, you know, we're, you know, Spencer Sear, like, yeah, we've got to find a way to keep you in the lineup. So you're going to play left field some and it's working out. And Nick Senzel yeah. is playing a lot more in the infield right now because he's been hurt his whole career and that's going to be easier on his body and it's worked out for him. And it's just like, he, he's the type of manager for a team like this and he's, he's got it clicking. Um, it's, yeah. it's pretty damn impressive. How, and, how much credit do you think we should give to just the roster construction though? Just yeah, the oh. fact that he has all the versatile the versatile guys, you know, just given, you know, his first couple of years in charge and we, we started to kind of see how involved he likes to be in game and just kind of knifey spoony, just making way too many decisions. Even if, um, you know, even if he was right some of the time, it was like, you know, he was, he got a reputation early on in his Reds tenure of just kind of doing too much, but now he kind of has the pieces to be able to do that with. And I think we're, we're, I, I mean, I was wrong about, you know, the, the approach that he, um, he had coming into this year and I'm just pleasantly surprised at how well it's going. I mean, maybe like we might be talking about, you know, the, the, the joke, whatever, 15, 15 years ago, we all kind of started reading about this and doing this was, uh, um, you know, trying to find the, uh, 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 what was undervalued 
by other clubs out there. Find find the market inefficiency that that other teams are trying to exploit. Um, in, a, in a post shift world, is pure platoon baseball like becoming the thing that teams are going to do? And just lefties aren't going to hit lefties, and righties aren't going to hit righties unless they absolutely have to. And building a team around that to do so and just maximize it and say, look, nobody's getting seven hundred plate appearances on this team. Everybody is going to play every day for at least a plate appearance in a couple innings. And when your platoon advantage is, is up there, you're going to play a little bit more. And at the end of the year, you all stay healthy. You're going to get 450 to 550 plate appearances, and we're going to be fucking good. Um, that seems like the kind of club they put together. And the key to all of it, obviously, is that everybody is buying in. Um, on top of that, Nick Kroll, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing the tough decisions be made already. You know, Jose Barrero wasn't hitting. Despite the fact that literally a year and a half ago, it was like 30th on Baseball America's list and the number one prospect, the red system, wasn't hitting, wasn't playing good enough defense in the spot that they put him out there in, in the outfield, and they sent him down to the minors. You know, they, 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 they quickly said, look, we're going to win without you right now. you got to figure out a way to fight your way back in this team. Will Myers, see ya. You know, biggest free agent, spin this winner. It's hard to give Nick Crawl a 100% score on that one. He's the one who signed the guy, but pulled the plug when it became obvious that he wasn't the right guy for the job and that they had better guys for the job. Um, those kind of decisions are looking good. They're, 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 they're paying off and they're giving, it's kind of the fuel to the fire here. It's where you're giving guys opportunities while also telling them that other guys are going to get plenty of opportunities too at their expense. And, find the right guys that buy into that and they don't throw a fit and don't cause problems. And then, you know, the elephant in the room here is that we got to see them reintroduce Joey Votto back into all of this. And the team has not missed a beat at all. If anything, it seems like they were just kind of throwing a party waiting for him to show up and he finally showed up. And now it's like the beat dropped, you know, um, I, I got to give a lot of credit to, not only the, the the manager in the dugout who's doing this on a on an active basis, uh, but the front office that is putting this group together and putting it together with the with this methodology um, that seems to be really 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 uh, peaking at the right time. Um, let's take a quick break, and we come back. We'll continue to talk about uh, this Cincinnati Reds club that's on quite the tear. So the Reds have won eleven in a row. Uh, they've won it in comeback fashion. They've won it from the left side of the plate, from the right side of the plate. Uh, they've won it with home runs, even though, what, they've hit nine home runs in the last three games, and they've got them from nine different people, which is just fantastic as, as a stat. Um, the one thing about what this club has right now that does not seem to be going in the right direction and doesn't necessarily seem to have an obvious answer uh, to their problem is the starting rotation. Um, Nick Lodolo got moved to the 60-day IL, which means we're talking early August, basically at the earliest that we would see him back. Hunter Green got placed on the injured list after already having a start skipped with a hip issue on his right hip, which is his, his push-off leg, uh, which is never a fun thing to see them give it time, have it not respond well, and then have to give it more time. Um, Graham Ashcraft is on the injured list hoping to be back at some point this weekend, uh, but a guy who was already running up against very, very bad performance before that. Um, and then we got a couple rookies. We got Andrew Abbott. We got Brandon Williamson, who are kind of carrying things right now. We talked about Ben Lively briefly. Uh, Luke Weaver continues to get lit up like the guy who couldn't really get offers from anybody else this offseason. Um, 
The Red Starters have the third worst ERA and the third worst FIP in baseball behind two teams that basically gave up before the season started. Um, finding ways to fix this starting rotation is not going to be easy. Uh, Arf, what are your thoughts on how the rotation has um, treaded water while the rest of the team basically picks up their slack so far? And what the heck the Reds are going to be able to try to do to fix it? Yeah, um, I, I that's think that's always, probably been always the a most, question to answer, um, by the way. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, that's I, that's honestly, you know, I talked to, just a second ago about how, like, the, probably the most impressive thing is how they're getting contributions from everyone. But the fact that they're doing this with, like, you know, 20% of a starting rotation right now um, is is probably the most impressive, really, because they um, – I mean, yeah, like Andrew Abbott and Ben Lively are the aces of the staff right now. And Andrew Abbott's made four career starts. And, um, you know, Ben Lively, like you said, has been kind of putzing around everywhere. He was in South Korea, you know, a year ago. And um, and they're still somehow pulling it off. But, yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, they're obviously, if they're serious about this, like they're going to have to find solutions at the trade deadline or before. And, you know, it's probably going to have to be someone, um, you know, with a couple years left, like they can't just go get guys on their last year of their contract, because this is obviously not a team built to win now and sell everything off like they're, they're building for the future too. Um, I mean, I mean, in the minor leagues, like really the only guy you could see that has a chance is Connor Phillips, and he's still in double A. And I think he's finally passed Andrew Abbott for the most strikeouts in the minor leagues this season. Um, and I mean, he's, he's been do, playing really well, but he's still got to, you know, get a little bit more experience you would think uh, before he sees the rotation. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't envy Nick crawl in this situation um, there. You know, he's, he's got, uh, got a few problems to solve, especially if, you know, you know, we're still six plus weeks away from seeing Nick Lodolo and, and, and if Hunter Green's hip doesn't work itself out, like we're, you know, the, this run is going to be in, in some serious jeopardy just because there's not going to be guys to, to take up these innings and stuff and and give the bullpen some uh, relief, for lack of a better word. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, what, Luke Weaver's making making $2 million guaranteed right now, and then it's rookie contract, rookie contract, uh, two guys on the injured list who are also pre-arb. Ben Lively's pre-arb still, despite being 31, because he just hasn't gotten the, the service time yet. Um, like, it's the cheapest rotation I've ever seen. Um, and there's some talent there. There's some good arms there, but it's like, uh, trying to, to, to tread water long enough until enough of them are healthy and pitching at their best just seems like you're, 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 you're wasting a prime opportunity to just seize the NL central, you know? And, you know, I wrote a little bit about it earlier today where it's, you know, it's one thing to look up and say, the Reds need starting pitching, go get a starting pitcher right now. Um, with the expanded playoffs, with uh, uh, the National League Central and the AL Central being just a mess with every single team in there, even the Chicago White Sox uh, still being theoretically not out of the race yet, um, and some of the last place teams in divisions right now being the teams that preseason you thought would be contenders, guys like teams like the Padres and the Mariners that have moved all in, so to speak, are under 500 and in fourth place in their divisions right now. St. Louis Cardinals are in last place, which I have to mention because you can't not mention that. The teams that look like they would be sellers right now aren't necessarily primed to be sellers. There just aren't a whole lot of options out there uh, for finding starting pitchers. Um, 
even teams like the Cubs and the Brewers, who, if they do fall out of the race, have Stroman and Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff if he's healthy. The odds of them trading within the division to the Reds to give those guys to the Reds to make a run are slim to none. Uh, it's really hard to just look out there and say, these are the five guys the Reds should go target and they got to get two of them because it's just not easy right now, which makes me think, BK, if you want to chime in on this, the Reds are going to have to kind of weather this with what they've got. And that kind of makes all of this a little bit more intriguing because there are no obvious reinforcements that look like they're going to show up tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, even just looking, you know, within the team, I think, you know, the Arf bringing up Connor Phillips, I think, you know, even if you know that he needs more seasoning in the minors, it might be, he might be the best option for a spot starter too, you know, before, you know, hopefully Hunter Green gets back healthy soon. Um, and then before they can, you know, actually kind of do their due diligence on getting, getting an arm on, in the trade market. But yeah, I, I think that the types of guys you're going to see are, are few and far between. I I think, you know, especially that it's, it's really a struggle that a lot of the guys who would be prime candidates for this are in the NL central and are almost certainly not going to be deadline trade partners with the reds. So, you know, you, you look at, I mean, I, I'm definitely have my eye on all the white Sox guys for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, the thing that it brings up to me though, is just kind of like, okay, even just in the very, very near future, you have this, the series this weekend against the Braves, you have sellout crowds about to happen. The Reds don't have a starter announced for Saturday yet, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> they don't. Um, yeah. And when you look at what they have, because right, I think they only have four starters on the roster. They need to make a roster move before that to accommodate. At, Graham, Graham Ashcraft in theory is going to be back at some point this weekend, I think. Yes. Oh, okay. So, so we're we're counting on Graham Ashcraft to make that start then. But in the event that he can't, I mean, you really you look at okay. Well, let's look and see what Louisville did. Uh, you know, you know, five or six days ago, just to see where the um where a potential some help could come in and you look, okay, their last game before that was Sunday. Uh, last Sunday, they did a bullpen game. So like, it's almost like, Oh, it, it, the reds actually want to keep this going. They're going to need to embrace the bullpen game and really get everybody involved and just have a revolving, a revolving door of guys between here and, here in AAA, but it's it's interesting too. Um, I don't know if you guys have been following the Bats baseball this year, but you know, a guy like Michael Mario or Marriott, or I don't know how you pronounce his name, got he he threw eight innings for the for the Bats a week ago, so he would potentially be somebody who could do it. He pitched in the big leagues from 2014 to 2016, but has not been there since. What's the, <laughs> what's uh what's 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 unlikely type what's uh, what's what's triple a legend uh justin nicolino up to these days you might, uh, right. you might yeah, have you're, uh, you're, you're gonna be looking at justin lair here real soon <laughs> yeah so um, you know between that and bullpen games it's like you really have to count on the guys you got unless you're unless you're gonna make a move quickly and it doesn't, and, it doesn't seem like there's that urgency in the part of the front office to do that at this point and Speaking of urgency, uh, well, we've got the Braves, the Orioles, the Padres. That's two 
uh, what uh, uh, first place or playoff uh, playoff teams right now. The Padres, who have spent three hundred billion dollars over the last two off seasons and want to be in the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> the month of July features nine games against the Brewers, and that includes a four day uh, July All Star break. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's the, uh, uh, the pneumonia kicking back up again. Um, they play the Brewers nine times in the month of July. And then they also finish the month of July uh, with three games at the Dodgers. So the, the games that they go into the All-Star break with are three games at the Dodgers. After having played the Brewers, their direct biggest rival this year in the National League Central, nine times in the month before that. Um, shit's going to get real starting tomorrow. Like, it's it's a one-month uh, of, you know, prove-it baseball. And... You know, on the one hand, you almost say you want to see how they do against that group to see if it's worth investing in, you know, a starting pitcher to kind of get them over the hump. But on the other hand, you said, fuck, they got to this point. Like, you got to get them help somehow, some way now, you know, and it's uh, you owe it to not just the fans because the fans have been through this crap for 30 years, but you owe it to this group of players that has put everything on the line and literally drummed up this much excitement deservedly. I mean, this isn't a bunch of ragtag guys. This is a lot of first round draft picks and top 100 prospects and, and guys who are supposed to be this good, who have hit the ground running all together. And then you throw Joey Votto back in the mix and you get the hall of famer back for his swan song. Probably with this ownership group, probably uh, for the last 90 games of his Reds career, everything suggests don't blow up the rebuild. You're not asking them to send Noel V. Marte and Matt McLean to go get George Kirby or something. Uh, that's a, a whole other concept we could talk about. But go get a riddle guy if you have to. Go get Lucas Giolito if it costs you your number eight prospect. Like, get something to get to Hunter Green getting back. Get something to get to Nick Lodolo getting back. Get something to where the next five weeks of baseball doesn't become watching this team get exposed because the one weakness that's there doesn't get addressed because they deserve better than that for how well they've played and how well they've revitalized everybody's interest in this team after last year's shitstorm of a year and after Phil Castellini doing everything he possibly could to suggest that we shouldn't fucking like this team in the first place. It's um, it's a very, very, very uh, tip uh, the tipping point. Tipping point's the phrase I'm yeah. looking for. That I, I, really I, think I, of. That's that's a great point. I mean, when you look at what's going on with this team, just the vibe of the city right now is just insane. You know, with with you know the Reds actually looking like winning games, and you have a first place MLS team. You have the Bengals who were one game away from the Super Bowl last year, and were there the year before that. It's like the Reds belong in that conversation and it's so cool to see the people who have been in this city and are, you know, especially, you know, if you look at people in their you know twenties who, who started really following sports and are, you know, got really excited about the Bengals and to see that, generation start to embrace the reds because they've they've not had a good reds team to no to they have not <laughs> to, to buy tickets for to you know to support really you know we we were young men the last time the reds were supporting we are not <laughs> young men anymore you know yeah yeah if uh yeah it was a lot the th- the three of us were definitely in a lot different situations uh we should 
probably rename uh red reporter dad reporter at this point dad, dad reporter yes yeah but, oh, God. Uh, you know just just given given just everything but it's like you know you you as you said you don't want to let's not waste this this energy and you know when you look at this weekend too i believe i i saw that i know saturday's game looks to be sold out i think friday's game likely will be too you know this is going to be a tough like the the fan base is doing what they need to be doing given given what the team is giving us right it's like the team is the the team is playing well the team is winning ball games the team's the team has this energy that is just electric that is galvanizing the whole city and people are talking about the reds in cincinnati and that has not happened in over a decade like what the what this will date how old we are or how old i am at least but what popped in my head was like i'm literally thinking of wayne's world here and um it's hip it's cool it's noah's arcade like noah's arcade was the 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 thing that was going on and they had wayne and garth like they had this big new thing that was going to give them like this hype video and all they had to do was just not screw it up just let these two guys like be interested in your thing and suddenly boom you're going to blow up just just don't get in the way of it you know just let it be and and try to find something to help them and don't don't muck it up and it's like yeah. there's one there's one obvious Achilles heel right now with this Reds team, and it's their starting pitching situation. There are boots out there. There are good boots that will make sure that your Achilles is going to be fine. There are some boots that will just be better than going barefoot. Just get a, get them a boot, man. Just get them just just any sort of boot. Get something, and don't just look up two and a half three weeks from now and be like, well, we're going to wait till after the All Star break and see how we reassess yeah. and and I, blow things, you know. Yeah, I think it, it would ju- it would be such a waste in this situation if they just you know okay we'll 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 wait a couple of weeks we'll see what happens and then you know ob- and they can't keep up and they fall out of contention and then they have you know they have everything just kind of oh okay that gives us license to start selling off these pieces and let's continue the rebuild for you know 2025 or whatever and it's like why waste what this what's happening here now you know you're selling as many tickets this year as you have probably in the last five years like since since COVID at least right yeah stadium and the meantime, they didn't sell out here this year yeah like yeah they, the, the fan base needs this yeah and, and while you're and while, this. And, and while they're saying that then the brewers go out and trade for giolito like you know the brewers will go out right. and make a move because the brewers make moves you know um yeah. so uh <clears throat> yeah it's just it's it, it's it's exciting to a point because it seems like, especially when you factor out all the dumb things that Phil said at the Rosie Reds conventions to start this year, the ownership group did not expect to be in this position this year. So now that they're in the position this year, and now that Nick Crawl, you know, to all the reporters says the right things that the Reds are interested in adding at the, at the deadline, and they're going to be aggressive because they're winning, yada, yada, is there going to be the backing from the ownership group. Is it going to be there again? Because obviously from their long-term strategic plan in March, it didn't sound like they expected to be here. And are they going to treat it still like they don't expect to be here? Or are they going to jump out the opportunity to say, wow, A, this club has outperformed all expectations and they're doing so because they're supposed to be good and are good. It just didn't take them as long as we thought they'd be until, or thought they'd need until they're good. 
or are they going to buy time and just say, oh, well, you know, we're, we're playing the long game and, you know, a 2023 rotation of, of Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft and Brandon Williamson and Andrew Abbott, Connor Phillips and Chase Petty there. That looks pretty good. You know, well, it's going to be good next year um, when the division is just absolute crap and there's a playoff spot that's just right there for an 85-win team to, to take. Um, we'll see. You know, it's going to be very interesting next couple of weeks because, uh, as we mentioned, uh, the schedule gets tough. Um, and there's a lot of other teams out there that are looking for starting pitching. You know, there's a there's a reason why all the bad teams out there that are obvious sellers aren't ripe with a lot of good starting pitching because you need starting pitching to be good. So, um, yeah. So, Arf, BK, thanks for hopping on with me. Let's uh, let's go ahead and call time on this one and try to make this a little bit more regular now that I think I've kicked most of the uh, uh, the pneumonia cough and settled into these nice new routine of having uh, two kids under two and a half in the house. So uh, for our, for BK, I'm Wick. The Reds keep winning. We will keep talking about them. If they don't keep winning, we will yell about them um, because there will be reasons why. And obviously it's probably going to be the Castellini's fault. So uh, thanks for listening. Walks will hunt. For our, from BK, I'm Wick. We'll catch you next time.